this is the second time that this has happened, like in a year where I mistook a conversation meaning. And I'm so used to like, if somebody's going to make the trip that they, that we're going to like document it. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm like happy to do that, you know, but I just want <laughs> you to know, like, I don't need to because I just genuinely like you. Dude, I genuinely. I you're a, a cool, fun hang. Hey, so. I genuinely love you. Oh, dude. So. You love me? I love you. Dude, I fucking love you. It's funny you should say that Whoa. because I love you. Okay, 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 okay. Let me. What? <laughs> you love me? Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> I love you. Okay. <laughs> I know we've been joking around, but I just want to say that I love you. Okay, hang on. I'm going to take that in. I'm going to sit with it for a minute. Okay. I'm going to see if I can reproduce tears. Let it marinate. <laughs> That's how you produce tears. Yeah, you got to look up. <laughs> and then you go. <laughs> and then someone would say, we're going to take a 10 minute break. <laughs> All right, the audio wasn't on for that one. Sorry, sound guy was... Oh, hang on. No, I can do it again. There's a small tear. I don't know why I looked at the microphone like you see it. <laughs> All I can think of is Vatefere Cool, uh, which means go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that I do this is I give like just a tiny little intro. Okay. And then we'll get going with the, Q- the Qs and the As. The T's and the P's. The cocks and the apples. The toilets and the poopers. <laughs> Feed our Congress. It's my new uh my new charity that I'm starting up. Fuck. <laughs> Gotta feed them, guys. They're only making hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year and free health care for life. So we gotta <laughs> feed them. Not if you're duct taped together. Conjoined Congress. That sounds like a TV show. Conjoined Congressman. Conjoined Griskman. <laughs> My computer's broke. I don't know how it broke. Like oh, it's yeah. a lot of. Is it, a, is it one of those uh, sexy babysitter cams? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just got a really bad microphone on it. All right. For real, I'm doing okay. the intro this time. Okay, fine. Okay, I'll shut up. Hello, listeners. Uh, thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm excited to have this individual on. They are one of the most talked about fellow comedians uh, on all of the podcasts I've ever done. There's always some way to tie him in uh, through the life experience or just the how our minds are very... Uh, much an equal amount of chemical imbalance and Monty Python. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy that he's here this week. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Matfield. Hello, I'm a cancer. And uh, <laughs> at some point you all will have me or have experienced me. <laughs> hey, man. Hello. I'm excited that you're here. I like, I want to do like that, uh, you know, every now and then you like listen to an NPR podcast. 
They talk with like a smooth voice where they talk out the front of their mouth. But it also sounds like there's leather in there somehow. I mean, they all have coffee breath for sure. Oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> we've, we've all had our cups of coffee. We've sat down. We've had our morning poops. And we're just ready to just chat. Yeah. Andy. Andy? Yes. Andy. Uh, and, and, Andy. And, ah, Andy. Yeah, it's longer on the Y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You went to university, yes? Uh, yeah, I did. I did do um, two separate tours at university, yeah. Okay. What did you go for again? Uh, well, the first time I dropped out. Um, okay. And I went because my parents told me I had to. Um, but the second time... S- separately, they told you, because they weren't together. Yeah, well, my mom was like, I'm proud of you no matter what you do. Also, here comes my fist. And <laughs> my dad was like, if you want a house to live in, you've got to go to the university. And I said, does community college count as university? And he said, close enough. <laughs> so I, I went to the uh, local community college uh, for psychology because it was the, how do I say cheapest really i could get <laughs> i just I that's needed, fascinating yeah I, I got paid my first like two years i went to college they paid me to go there wow and then the third year i don't know i must have made it mad or something and <laughs> then they were like you owe us so much money uh so like yeah i went into debt from like two years at the university of north dakota so if you're thinking of going there it is cheap but also they are very bad at counseling <laughs> so it's not as cheap as you think anyways uh i went to i went to college uh and university for um psychology and uh yeah so i have a i have a, I have a bachelor's of science in applied psychology it's just bachelor's of science in psychology i should probably find wherever i put that diploma <laughs> Because I genuinely don't know where I put that pony. Oh, very good. I was going to try and slide a pony joke in. Did it perfectly. Thank you. Like when we've talked before about, you know, your understanding of psychology and and mental health and all those things, Mm -hmm. it was always under the guise of like, yeah, man, I'm fucking crazy too. And like, don't you hate it when this thing and that. Whereas like now, like the things that I've been through, I look for more like actual objective things and, Uh and kind of rather than, you know, spitting things back and forth to people as to like snowballing as you will. Right. Uh, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like just that elastic, Mm-hmm. conversation of my life sucks yeah my life sucks too that yeah you know that whole thing i also have sucked life yeah <clears throat> yeah yep yeah no, i feel you man i uh had a rough uh was a rough 2019 2018 well i noticed it was a rough 2019 uh i was in a spot i think that was uh it was like shortly after i'd done your guys's podcast back when you were still doing it with kim i mean you're still doing it but you know right <laughs> the podcast. Zing. That's what we're talking about. Uh, pitch comes in, it's high and outside. Oh, he gets a piece of it, and it is a foul ball. He has missed it wildly. It hit a kid. He needs to run. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, Ed, I, uh, I, I hit a, a real low. Uh, my, uh, my brain it was just in a spot where it just didn't feel pliable anymore. Hmm. That makes sense, you know. And I, I, there was a, there was a dark spot, and I know you, you are familiar with dark spots. Uh, and I, I knew I had to do something, you know. I, I had to do something, and I, I was lucky enough that a friend of mine came through town, and uh, we hung up, or hung out, and we had uh, had a little life changing experience. And uh, I, uh, I went and I got some help, you know. I got a little, got some counseling, got some help through that, and. Uh, the guy was like, "Yo, bro, you got, you got ADHD, dog. Like, fucking bad." <laughs> I was like, "What?" But I'm not hyper. He goes, "Yeah, that's not all that it is." And like, I went to school for psychology. ADHD didn't fucking interest me at all. So I didn't. Oh, that's funny. Look at it at like at all. I didn't in, in all of the like study. I've had like multiple abnormal psychology things, multiple. Uh, cognitive uh, stuff like I, I wanted to do neuroscience uh, studied autism like all these things like I did all these things specifically around the brain and never once was I like ADHD huh. <laughs> that's more than just hyperactive kids <laughs> like, I like here I am I got formally diagnosed with ADHD at 34 years old and was just like I don't even know what to do now and uh the last two years of like understanding why like all these like all these little things where it's just like my wife would ask me a question my brain would be like how do you not know the answer to this (laughs) and it would like fucking snap Mm. and i'm like i am so sorry i don't know why that like was a hot button for me and now like here i am like oh you don't live in the weird world that is my brain where it's like, I don't need to, I can have a reaction to something that I'm like seven steps connected to, but I can't tell you steps one through four. Oh, wow. All of a sudden, or like I could tell you step two, six and seven. Like there's no connection between these things, but I've gotten to the answer with nothing between it. So if you ask me and I give you the answer, like, well, how'd you come up with that? And I'm like, oh, God. Prepare yourself. (laughs) It's like a journey. Because there's like no, there's no explaining how my brain will decide how it wants to do something. I know that I have two separate, like I have, I call it two separate brains, right? So I have like the one that's like logical that's like, uh, like for instance, I, I was working on my house like a couple weeks ago and uh, I was pulling nails out of a baseboard and my brain, the smart one goes, hey bud, pause, you need to adjust what you're doing or you're going to stab yourself with a nail. <laughs> and dumb brain goes, ha, nah man, can't stop, won't stop. Seconds later, nail through my finger and I'm like, ah, ha, ha, <laughs> So mad and like through from here all the way up to the other side, just straight through. And I was just like, really? Oh, yeah. Holy smokes. And I just it was just like slam. Yep. Okay. Well, that's what happens. Uh, And then my dad goes to try to ask me a question and I go, hey, boss, I just need you to 
not ask me any questions right now because I just stabbed myself with a nail and I am pissed and I don't want to be mad at you because this is 100% a me thing. Uh, so let's just, let's just give it a minute. I haven't even bled yet. Like that's how fast the stabbing was that my body was just like, is there a hole? <laughs> and then it was like, there definitely is a hole. And then my hand was just like, here we go. Just gushing blood, and I'm just like, "Hey, boss." Uh, he goes, "Well, you know, if if I were doing it, I'd do this." I'm like, "You are literally doing it. Just do that, please." I'm gonna wash my hand. I'm gonna find a band aid, and then I will be more focused. But because of the chaos of stabby stab, dumb brain was now quiet. Oh, so now smart brain could do things. And I thought to myself, "Well, this is a terrible way." to shut up dumb brain because now that I know pain shuts up dumb brain logical brain will realize that not a fun realization that all I have to do is hurt myself and the voice that's like hey you like the Muppets shuts up have we talked about I think when, when did you realize this uh, like two weeks ago God, that's that I'm having such a wild deja vu the the whole and maybe maybe somebody else has made that connection where pain receptors oh yeah hit. your brain can only do like one thing mm. as far as like pain so like if you're hurt somewhere like if it's real bad you can like hurt something else less bad and your brain will be like ow and then it'll and like it just can't process it right away like it's still gonna oh. hurt it's still gonna hurt but it's not like that ow I need to address this hurt you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. Brains are complex and simple at the same time. It's very, um, very fun. I love it. Now, we we, we kind of went down a, a bit of a road there. Yeah. Welcome to ADHD. Which bud. is to be expected with yeah. the ADHD for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to keep her on course, but uh, don't which, know what that Which this is. is the only podcast where my train of thought is kind of under control. It is, but it isn't. Okay. But like there's yeah, and I don't know if I want I want to be perceived as like together. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say smart. <laughs> no, no, no. But together works. Because it's if, if anybody if people watch yeah. it instead yeah. of listen, then they go, Oh no, that's not a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is not a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know I went to college with that guy. He is a smart guy. Look his office looks like where ADHD lives, actually. This is uh there's tripods, guitars. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, this is kind of what my uh, my office looks like uh, without mazel and sound and. Uh, you know, I wonder if there's something to that, like with ADHD and like having fun things visually available. It's all about chasing the dopamine, mm. you know, with ADHD because like our brains aren't good at like focusing on feeling or they, they just always want to feel good they always want that feeling of like well that was fun so you know, like that's why we'll like pick up hobbies until we're bored and then just completely stop and then oh. that, that hobby is just dead to us until maybe we see something about that hobby that's like what i have all that stuff oh reignites the yeah Reignites the, reignites the fire and then you go out there and you're like oh yeah make a shmore out here <laughs> you know there's a little heat <laughs> yeah this little guy actually yeah, got some heat you know, yeah, you know like s'mores uh, yeah. all of my hobbies and sticky as well 
old sticky Chris himself. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Now, so uh-huh. what? What was? So did it seem more like, in a logical sense, like fiscally, this makes sense, and it's a career path that I feel will be fulfilling. Or did did you previously have thoughts of wanting to be in psychiatry or counseling? Uh, so it was like, I mean, there's more around that general idea. Like, I was going to do engineering, um, mm. but like, uh, it's really hard to get into engineering seven days before the semester starts because like all the classes were full. Um, but psychology, I was like literally one of maybe three guys in the whole course. Before uh, so, each class, do they make you wait in a lobby? That's a little psychology I joke because you go to see a psychologist and you have to wait in the lobby first. Oh yeah, yeah, no, they definitely do. Oh, yeah, they're like, please sit. And it was then, a swing yeah. and a miss. What can you do? Well, we can cut that out in post. Sometimes you swing and you miss, and sometimes you swing and you miss. And just, yeah, and every now and then, you know, you play baseball and you hit hundred, you hit one thirteen. You know, <laughs> yeah. next next yeah. next next thing you know, there's a, a bike in the bathroom. Next thing you know, you got a nice little chopper that you're like, this is a triple for sure. <laughs> and your contact folds over and you can't see first base, so you walk, you get to first base and you switched your glasses. Oh, you that's know? right. You like baseball, huh? That actually happened to me when I played baseball. <laughs> I had just been enduring like the just trash of a season, and uh, I finally finally put good wood on the ball, and I had just a nice little cutting chopper over their their shortstop god <laughs> i'm running contact decides to fold like, oh no i'm like ah, i can't see oh that's hilarious yeah. i thought that that was more sports ball talk no Con- real thing that contact really... folds i was like yeah, i don't that, know what the, the fuck contact was just like <laughs> what's that was that wind oh no it's a fucking it's like t- a trailer park in a tornado <laughs> it's just everything is shredded uh yeah, so on that, so I went to college for psychology. Um, yeah, it was it was between, like I I wanted to do some form of help for people because like I grew up with a, an addict who was like uh, clinically depressed and like all sorts of stuff. You know, she had a bunch of different uh, cognitive issues due so, to like drug abuse and things okay. like that. And and I was curious about that too, is to like. Because when Kim went to school, um, when she first started down the the mental health road Mm -hmm. rather than just nursing, um, she started, you can't help but diagnose people. Um, And especially the more you do it, the more Mm -hmm. you're like, now now I recognize it in body body language and in speech. And so it's like, there's you just start to latch onto that stuff quicker. But I was curious because of your mom's situation, if you were privy to kind of like how her diagnosis, um, how it operated before even going to school. No. So like, uh, it's kind of weird. Cause my mom was like open about like seeing a therapist and things like that. So there was like no shame and like, mental health but like she just wasn't really doing the things that would have helped her you know so like there's just like a lot of things that just kind of but like she was like using uh 
some drugs and stuff like that that really just kind of exasperated uh, some of the things that she had going on and you know added in the stress of a bunch of other stuff like she technically didn't have a job at a certain point and all these things um it, it just got to be a lot you know and then as like a kid you know you don't really understand because like you know mental health generally doesn't i mean it can set in in young ages and it's not uncommon that it does but like uh sometimes it doesn't set in until later in life you know mid-20s whatnot uh so i'm dealing with uh a sibling that's older than me telling me, well, my mom never did that around me or my mom never did this or that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I like my experience with our mom is entirely different than his experience with our mom was than my sister's experience with mom was. So it's like, uh, it, it, that's another part where you're just like, well, which one is true? Mm. Well, in reality, all of them are right. Because, all of them are different things in her life changed different things in her life. So it, uh, it had me, I was just really confused and, uh, I, I liked engineering and I, I probably would have done engineering had I planned to go to college right away. Uh, I originally wanted to take a year off and then maybe go to trade school. Mm. Um, but my dad was like, I didn't go to college. So you got to go to college kind of deal, you know? Um, classic boomer thing you know <laughs> so I, I went to college and I, I picked psychology and it was it was fun at first and it was exciting and it was like learning about the brain and things like that and you know the first two years you're just kind of doing like the generals and whatnot and then uh, as you get into like the more advanced classes you kind of pick a path kind of deal and I, I went with neuropsych and it was fascinating I really liked it and then I had just the worst type of teacher that you can have. And it was a teacher that only taught their experience mm. in the field instead of, it was like educational psychology was the class. And she was only teaching like, oh, well, sometimes someone will come in and, you know, you know they have this diagnosis, but you can't diagnose them with that because if you do, then their insurance won't cover it. Oh. So then, you know, you have to give them this other diagnosis so their insurance covers it. And it's like, fuck, what? No. Like, now you've given them this label that doesn't exist to them, and then they're paying, you know, they're paying for this. And it's like, yeah, I understand that, like, you want to get paid too, but also, like you're putting a stigma on them just so you can get paid. And that's just fucked. Yeah. And that completely broke me for it. But at that point I was like, I don't know, maybe a semester away from finishing my degree. So I just told myself, all right, what can we do in this semester to get myself into different spots? And I always thought, well, if I'm going to do psychiatry, you got to go to med school. So I kind of geared myself towards uh, like med school. I, I took some biology classes and that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, I also was like, well, maybe I want to do law. So any of the psychology classes that I could take that also would line that road I kind of took so it would be easier if I decided to make that decision. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just got to the point where, you know, as I got older, my ADHD got worse. And I just didn't realize it. Like, cause I, I've always been, like, a terrible reader. It's just not a thing I can do. Uh, I can't sit down. I can't focus on reading or I can read, but it's like, 
it's so mentally exhausting to me to read. Yeah. It just wipes me out. Having to go back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, and, and have to like go back thing. and process what I read to like think that I got it right. Yeah. And so I would just always glean information off teachers. Like the thing that would get me the most out of classes would realize how the teacher was passionate. So I like started to see passion in people. And then I would focus that passion and realize, okay, like name drop Hans Bradel. He's a, a teacher at UND. He hates the History Channel because they only hire the sexy historians, apparently. <laughs> uh, true. That's a true story. Uh, yeah, that's very funny. Whenever I watch the History Channel, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, Ancient aliens. There he is, Constantinopolonius, uh, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, so he was just like, Charlemagne ascended the throne in 800 AD on Christmas Day. Burned into my brain. I'm 36 now. He told me that when I was 21 or two. Mm. It is absolutely seared into my brain. Maybe it was 832. Either way. <laughs> Either way. Christmas Day, bro. <laughs> Christmas Day, dude. So like that was like that kind of stuff is where I didn't realize my ADHD had just kind of taken the wheel and just fully driven. Mm. So I was just in high school and all that stuff, I'd always been on autopilot. Well, I, I mean, I hate to keep going back and forth, but like, mm -hmm. I, I do want the, the reason that I want to touch on like kind of the, the general path that we were on before mm -hmm. with you going to school and stuff like that is I had a conversation with comrade where I said, um, we were trying to figure out, uh, what to do, or I was trying to figure out what to do about the whole Mac situation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with him, things can be pretty black and white. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was like, I said, you know, it sucks. It sucks to know. I wish I didn't even know. Yeah. I'd ra I would have rather have lived in denial. Knowledge is a curse. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, comrade said, uh, knowledge is only a curse if you choose to do nothing with it. And I was like, that's wow. That's a good point. Uh, but it also like, but it to, reminds me of the old uh, Twilight Zone where the guy is alone in a town mm. and he is going to read books now and build knowledge and he breaks his glasses. Right. Like knowledge is only so much like com to comrades point like it's only a curse if you don't use it but like also if you're using it and you're around a bunch of people that aren't mm. what does that do sure you know it, it makes a, a scary situation yeah yeah um but w when it comes to because you're not one to i mean i've said this to you before but like you're you're um blunt in the most caring way that i've seen like yeah i'm not used to people being blunt in a fashion that i'm not like god this guy's being an asshole like i mean it that just comes down to just like caring right it's like but it's unique to yeah. the way that you do it yeah it's like, like I, i'm not I, doing I, you any favors if i just gloss over something right you know 
Yeah. It's a it, it's a yeah. it's a really uh good quality to have. But because you have that about you and you have this knowledge of like what you actually need to do to fix situations and things like that, has it did it did it affect the like the your relationships or the way that you communicated oh, with people? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, a million percent. I mean like and I, I've said this before. Um, I don't know if I've ever said it on like the record, but like, um, ultimately I just want a safe environment where people can feel empowered to do the best creation. And, you know, in, in the course of doing, you know, of, of wanting to achieve that, you know, I, I made a lot of mistakes, you know, I, I, was I hyper vigilant? Yeah. And, was that hypervigilance exuding from me to the point where like it could be kind of a toxic vibe? Absolutely. You know, I, I have this quality where I can bring the fun in the room or I can suck it right out. And it got to the point where with, uh, with like comedy rooms and whatnot and wanting to make sure that, you know, an environment was safe or whatnot that I just, you know, the, I just took it too far almost, you know, and you, you don't even notice it. So, um, yeah, I mean, this isn't like an, an apology tour or anything, but like, yeah, I, I do feel bad. And there are some things I definitely would change, you know, about like the way I handled things, mm. uh, in the past, but like, uh, that's the past. I can't do anything about it. Right. It's right. I acknowledge that, uh, yeah. Was I uh, a little too, a little too hard at, uh, trying to make safe environments absolutely uh, i forgot that it still needs to be fun you know and that oh sure it took the joy out of it for me and no joy in it for me was then taking the joy out of it for others mm. and that that's where my problem was is that i was just not putting an environment that was conducive to joy and safety it was safety first you know it, it just became like uh what's it's the show with uh, the Bluth Company, uh, Arrested oh, Development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he just, I was just ripping arms off and teaching <laughs> lessons. Right? It's just like maybe a little too hard there, bud. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and, and in that, that kind of it poisoned my mind in a lot of ways, right? Because it's just like you would see these people that are hosting shows and not having the standard you have for like the safety of a show. Mm. And or not having the inclusiveness level that you're trying to have and just like get bitter. And it's just it wasn't healthy, man. It was it wasn't healthy and it was fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, I mean, if I could go back and do it again, I would just not get into comedy, man. <laughs> just I won't have to do any soul searching. It's way easier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll bluntly say it. Like, I'm an adult, man. I, I'll own my mistakes. Have I fucked up? Yes. Will I continue to fuck up? Absolutely. But does that mean I don't believe that there's restorative justice that's needed and that, like, I need to take the thumps? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I will take whatever thump someone thinks I deserve. I'm more than willing to own up to my mistakes. And I'm more than willing to do what it takes to, you know, earn someone's trust back. You know, that's, it's not an easy thing to do. And 
that kind of hinders back to the max situation the last thing i said to him was like hey man like you know we've had some really important times together and like i'm not supportive of this thing that you've been accused of doing um obviously i'm not going to speak towards that side of things but like yeah all you can do is own your part in it and do your best to to grow and and show people that you know that that person that made that mistake understands that that was their mistake that was made and you know they're they're willing to to do what it takes to to show that hey that's not who i am that's who i was yeah i mean that that whole situation i um before realizing that i that i have like codependency issues Mm -hmm. um which is more like like having being hypomanic and having um you know these these um ADHD and all of the things that I have, it's a, a, like a gnarly recipe for like a lot of self, self, uh, selective self-righteousness. Cause it's not that like I would apply the same level of my self-righteous bullshit to everybody. Yeah. Uh, but when I got, you know, into that mode, um, I thought that I was just like, oh, I can read people and my self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's not self-righteousness. It's, you know, people's safety. And, and it was under the yeah. guise of these things. And Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it was, it's, it, it's so weird to, to think of the, the, the way that, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think of how to word this, but like, that's kind of why I was curious is because I was, or I am such a mental health advocate, Mm -hmm. but was missing some massive steps in being diagnosed. Cause you were saying, you know, didn't get diagnosed until you were 34. Like, yeah. I mean, like I knew I had uh, depression and I knew I had anxiety. No fucking clue. I had ADHD. That was, that was a left field. Like what you've been there the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and I, I, I thought that, I thought that um, anxiety was uh, something that I'd gotten over, mm-hmm. but really, it it doesn't ever like fully go away. Well, I mean, it it depends on the type of anxiety. Like, I you, suppose you could get rid of a lot of general anxiety by, you know, things like getting the right amount of sleep, eating properly associating whatever trigger that you have you know putting yourself into that position and exposing yourself to it over and over and over and over and over until your brain establishes a stereotype for it that's different than the one you have Mm. so like there are ways to do that i don't remember what type of therapy that is anymore it's been 15 years since i graduated college uh kim and i were just talking about emt that's so funny i was just trying to remember that EPT, it's, it's exposure something therapy. Yes. Uh, I, but I, yeah, I, I, I've worked in the IT world for so long now that I've just forgotten the things that I've loved because like uh, one weird thing about ADHD is like a heightened sense for the need of justice. Yeah. So like I've just been focusing on not fucking caring about that anymore. 
I want people to like associate me with being like fun and mm. safe, not safe and fun. Uh. Fun first, safe second. Because like, I should be dead multiple different ways. Because it, the thing with my ADHD is like, if you told me let's go do this thing right now, I wouldn't second guess it. Right. I would do it immediately. If you sent me a text, hey, on Tuesday, let's go do this thing, I wouldn't show up. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. But my anxiety has had time to think about it. And my ADHD has then supercharged my anxiety because it's like, here's 97 things that we could do. And then I hyperfocus. And then I start deep diving. And then next thing you know, because it always ends up here, I'm on YouTube watching Elliot Smith videos wondering how he stabbed himself in the chest with a heart or with a, a knife two times. <sighs> it always ends up there. That's so funny. So it's like I, I have to be hyper vigilant of my hyper focus and make sure that like if I'm entering it, someone needs to know, don't wake daddy. <laughs> that is not gonna be good for anyone. <laughs> So it, it yeah, dude, it's just weird. Life is weird. I wish I would have known I had this shit way younger because, like, if you watch TikTok well, ADHD, that's the, it's that's just, the the other thing that I was trying to bring up is, I sometimes I like in my attempt to sound like I know what the fuck I'm talking about, I end up losing vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But really, what I'm trying to say is like it's weird to think that you because you're an ally an ally and an advocate to all of Mm. these things that you have a grasp on like um basic civil rights right and then if you're a mental health advocate you have a, a a blanketed understanding of uh how to approach mental health in general yeah or like if i because I have this lived experience, if I just if I tell you my war stories mm-hmm. and you know do it in this certain way so that you know that we're on the same level or that you're not alone, yada yada yada, like yeah, that that means that you've got your shit under control. You know what I mean? If you're able yeah. to articulate it properly and and well, and that's that's one of the interesting things about ADHD is like one of the ways we try to like relate to other people because like our brains just don't work the same is by Uh. giving like a shared experience of something that we have. And 90% of the time, Chris, (laughs) no one knows how we got to that experience. It's like, Oh yeah. One time I also, and then you (laughs) like say whatever it is and you're like, what? It doesn't make any sense. So then, because like I don't know if it's the same for you, but my inner monologue is as loud as my voice is right now to oh. me. Oh, so I can't tell if I'm talking or if I'm thinking. So I do the thing where uh, I have to I have to interrupt you, otherwise I'm gonna go mm-hmm. off into too many different things. Yep. So I don't I don't do that, but I do interrupt a lot. Yeah, well, and then, see that that's another thing too that's normal about ADHD because that that's our way of showing that we're actively listening, mm-hmm. um, and that we care about what you're talking about. 
and that uh, we will just dissociate from the conversation in seconds mm. if we don't. Because otherwise, I'll sit there and go, remember to say this, remember to say this, remember to say this, remember to say this. And meanwhile, you're just grocery store music now. You're in the background. And are you Backstreet Boys? Are you NSYNC? I can't quite tell. Is no. that Spin Doctor? I haven't heard those guys in years. I would know that because I love them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's stuff like that where it's just uh, I am notorious for jumping in three quarters of the way of my sentence and then being like, yeah, and then that. And my wife will be like, I go, oh, that was all in my head, wasn't it? And she'll go, yep. Like, all right. Okay. So how I got there was this. Like you said this four hours ago. And now I just realized it's been four hours and I have been hyper or focusing on that and don't even know what I've done for the last four hours. And mm. then she'll say something along the lines of, oh, we did a lot in the last four hours and you interacted and you had conversations and I'll be like, oh no, I don't remember any of it because my brain decided autopilot was now engaged and in the back i'm just listening to whatever and just it's 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 bopping around i don't know if kim has add or adhd or any anything like that but she does do the like start a conversation that she's been having with herself Mm -hmm. so yeah so she'll do the yeah but plane tickets are going to be so expensive this time of year and i'm like what what now? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, like, oh, to go to Nashville. Why are we going to Nashville? Wait, when are you going to Nashville? <laughs> We're not going to Nashville. Okay, it was just, she a just weird. But that's like, so she like goes backwards Yeah. in the whole thing? Yeah. Rather than being like, oh, I was thinking about, she'll go like in reverse order of yeah. the thing. There's no order of operations in my brain. It just will occur. And like what I've found with my particular style of ADHD is like, if I can give my brain motivation for doing something that I want to do, I'll, I'll do stuff. Like, for instance, uh, I put our baseboards back in our house <laughs> for the first time in two years, on uh, like Saturday. And how I got myself motivated was like I'm I'm deathly afraid of using the nail gun. Apparently. Because it's like, it's a number of things. Uh, I've been shot with one. Uh, the sound. Yes. Uh, and the potential that the air compressor could just be like, here we go. <laughs> out of nowhere. You know, and I'm just like, oh God. It's like all of these, it's the jump scare potential. Yeah. It's the, what happens if this slips and a nail shoots through my fucking body. Again. All I, of I, that. I feel like uh, Happy Gilmore is oh, it, the first thing I think of every time I see a nail gun. <laughs> so I I like have to now motivate myself, right? So I'm like, okay, um, I'll text my dad. I text my dad. I'm like, hey, I just need some boards of motivation. Uh, I need to put these, I need to get these boards back in. And I just... I'm I'm dragging because I'm terrified. And he's like, well, just remember, the first step is just to do it. Mm. And just remember that. Just the first step is to do it. Because ADHD brains, the first step is, I have 87 steps I need to do for this. What is the first step? 
Stand up. <laughs> Just stand up. And once you stand up, I like to do, uh, to trick my ADHD brain, I'll give myself five tasks. Mm. And then I will just order them in the order of operations of which ones I do not want to (laughs) do. But then I'll throw like three easy ones in. Okay. So I was like, okay, um, you got to go get the tools to do this. So just get the tools. And then I was like, well, you used the nail gun last week. And on my brain was like, yeah, but this is a new air compressor. We just brought a new air compressor. How do we know this one's going to work? Okay, that's yeah, valid, valid point, brain. Okay, we will give you that point. Um, we don't. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, but what if it would explode? Because it could explode. Because we didn't do maintenance on it. And then logical brain is like, it's brand new. Why do we have to do maintenance on it? And then dumb brain is like, that's that's what they want you to think. <laughs> So now I'm like, <laughs> I'm wrestling with this. And then I just remembered the dipshits that have been working on my bathroom, the dumbest one that works there, they let him use a finishing nailer. And if that guy can do it, I'll be fucking damned if I can't. <laughs> I will be damned if I can't do it. So then my brain was like, do you want to be worse than this guy? Do you want to be worse than this guy? Because that's where you're at, buddy. And I was like, fucking fine. And I just went to town and I got him done. And then I was like, sick. My wife's not done with her task. So my reward for doing this was I was going to build this giant Lego bulldozer that I bought. (laughs) That was my reward. But I told myself, okay, well, we'll do the reward as a celebration when we're all done with our tasks. So now I have to find another task to do in the meantime. So now I'm doing another task. And then my wife's still not done. So I'm doing another task. My wife's still not done. I'm doing another task. Still not done. Still not. Next thing I know, I've rearranged my living room entirely. <laughs> like in our house had gotten to the point where it was under so much construction that we had like, it looked like a hoarder house. Straight up. Mm. Everything was just, oh. we had like a, a foot of footpath to walk through these rooms. And now there's like 20 feet of open space to walk through. We had done, or I in that space, I had done so much to just move this, move this, move this. But then I tricked my ADHD. If I'm just like, oh, you're going to take a break, I'll tell myself, oh, okay, you can do it in five, in five minutes. Just do this one thing. And then when I'm about to take a break, I'm going to be like, oh, you know, this thing's right here. Just do that really quick. And then I'll do that. And then I'll do that. And next thing you know, it's been like four hours and I haven't taken a break. So then if I take a break, I don't feel guilty because I just did four hours of work. Mm. You know. Is is this lived experience stuff, or did you like do research after you had learned, like gotten not because pr- yeah. we all joke that we have ADHD or ADD, like every yeah. everybody at some point says that, um, but when you get the actual diagnosis, it's a different thing because then you're like, yeah, it's uh, so a lot of it was like I've always struggled with like bursts, you know what I mean? Like at work, I can be hyperproductive because. Oh. Uh, at work, I can task switch. So, like, people will say, "Oh, you're you're really great at uh, multitasking," but it's it, for me, it's not multitasking. Also, multitasking is a myth. Anyways, uh, we don't need to talk about that. But task switching. So, if I give myself three tasks at work, 
And when I get bored with one, I just work to the next and know that if I work in a triangle to finish them, I'll get them all done. Oh. But I'll just go, all right, I'm going to do this one until I'm thinking of something else. And then when that happens, I'll look at this post-it note and then I just churn through so I can put out an insane amount of stuff because I'm never allowing myself to get bored. So it's just constant motivation. See, I I have the type of ADHD where if I'm not invested in it, Mm -hmm. like if I can't make that connection, um, then I I cannot focus. All I can think about is how much I don't want to do whatever it is Mm -hmm. the thing is. And I get like narcolepsy basically. Oh yeah. Like at the tool job that I had, I was and you just pass out. I was drinking six monster energy drinks and still was like on the mm-hmm. verge of just full on passing out and Yeah. That's like not uncommon. Fell asleep on the phone with somebody. But yeah, it's it's one of those things that like I don't know. ADHD is is so much it's like um I just learned Kim told me uh that like a lot of serial killers are um, antisocial mm-hmm. and cops, but antisocial doesn't mean what I thought it meant. Like we hear antisocial, like mm-hmm. the common person and think that that means you don't want to be around people. No, it's just, you don't understand the norms of society. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. know that. I, so it's interesting to like the same thing with ADHD. I thought mm-hmm. that it, we, we think that it's this thing where it like, just, Oh, means, there's a squirrel. Like yes. anytime someone says that, I'm like, Oh my God, I fucking hate you. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I'm in a meeting with people who decide by paycheck and mm-hmm. I cannot keep my eyes open. Yeah. It doesn't matter how important the discussion is. Like, yep. I just, if I, if my brain can't get invested somehow. Yeah. I'm a nappy boy. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I was the same way uh, when I worked for my last job. Nothing. So do you take any medication for ADHD? Um, no, I, um, I was going to get medicated for it, but there's like a lot of them had lactose in it and all these things. And so they're like, well, you're, you're managing it now. Um, let's just keep an eye on it. Um, and it got really bad not too long ago. Um, but it was all like, it was all because of the clutter in my house and all the stuff Mm. that had been going on with this bathroom and work and like getting this company to come back and actually own up that they tried to fuck us out of $20,000, you know? So, uh, it was like a lot of that, a lot of stress. Like if you watch the last podcast that I was on from you to this one, look at my beard. (laughs) <laughs> things all white it's i'm 36 i didn't have a spot of white until i was like 33 34 and then these last two years of just like stress have turned into my beard just piecing out of color you know so yeah it's uh it's weird man adhd has been being diagnosed with it has been like the best journey of my life it was like I always knew I had anxiety and depression because like I was a sad boy, right? <laughs> like I just I fucking knew that, but like yeah. I never, I never knew I had ADHD, and it just it made so much sense because it's just like I didn't focus in school. I'd sleep in class. I wouldn't do any homework. Wouldn't pay attention to the teachers. 
I did I had really great grades because I just understood the concept and as soon as I did that I was just bored. Oh. So like it was it was always I graduated honor roll and I never brought home books. <laughs> like I'd finish the assignments in class while they were teaching the concepts. Yeah. Just because it the stuff clicked, you know, and then like hearing people do like uh common core math and whatnot, like well, it just doesn't make sense. Like, well, that's how my brain has been doing it forever. So, like, it all that stuff made sense to me because, like, now, oh shit, that that's how I do it, and it just is, yeah, it just made so much sense. And it, it, I don't know, man, it took just like a lot of weight off my shoulders. And then, um, a couple months after I diagnosed with it, TikTok starts picking up, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna sit and look on TikTok, see what they got, and. You know, because TikTok is intrusive and like you're talking about, I'm talking about my ADHD. Well, TikTok, here's that on my old speaky phone. And now it's throwing me ADHD, like coaches and ADHD, uh, PsyDs and all these things. And I'm like, oh, that explains exactly what it is. Like, oh yeah, that does explain that too. Oh yeah. And it's just like, oh, yep, yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that about that. Didn't. Yep. Yeah, okay. Oh, all right. Now that's a piece that I didn't know my brain was doing subconsciously. But now that the label's there, there goes the wool. And like now I see, I see the mechanism. So it's now I'm able to kind of adjust it. Now, if I see that it's going to be a little more aggressive than it should be, I'll just tell Michaela, I'll be like, Hey bud, I'm not going to be able to focus for a while. I'm like full on ADHD braining. And she'll be like, all right, what do you need to do? And I'm just like, if you want to watch just a trash TV show or something while my brain just straight up stims, go for it. <laughs> so, eh, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's interesting too. Like, I don't know what um changed because i i would latch on to like i hated um labels from an earlier age uh because i felt that it the like my first example of it and it'll make sense why i bring this up but like um uh in school like uh, there's the teacher and then there's a student mm -hmm. and the teacher is going to talk to the student in a certain way, mm -hmm. regardless of what I felt like kids aren't completely stupid and they're not all, yeah. you know, video games and, and whatever, like you are capable of having like normal conversations with them. Mm -hmm. So, well, to an extent. Right, you know, what I, yeah. Like you, you got to realize, like children are being programmed, right? And like when people are like, oh, don't program my child. Like you're fucking programming them. That everything, <laughs> every interaction you have with them, is just putting another bank of data in their computer brain. It's all you're doing, right? But I mean, in the the way that it affected me was um, when when somebody would talk down to me. Or I would see them talk down to another mm -hmm. student. Um, it it was insulting in the sense that like you, my my I'm cognitively aware enough mm -hmm. 
that yeah. we don't need to be spoken to this way. Yeah. And like you can teach me a concept without making me feel stupid. Yeah. Or like you don't need to teach me a lesson in a degrading way that you mm-hmm. would your own kids. Like yeah, which this is supposed would. to be uh like a a, a starter or like um it's it's maneuvering through society with bumpers. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean school is all about socialization. Yes. Yeah. So otherwise you get those weird homeschooled kids. If if you And I'm not sorry <laughs> if any of you homeschoolers are listening. <laughs> I'm not. You're weird. Yeah. Embrace it. But um I because it seems like if if it's a serious enough thing, mm-hmm. then the dialogue should be should match yeah and go rather than like do you realize you know like the way that a, a teacher can really sometimes like rail into a a, a kid is like I mean, it just sounds like you had shitty teachers maybe like in the, it, like i love teachers the profession is hard but some of you should not be doing it <laughs> it's just you shouldn't fucking be doing it yeah. If you're yelling at your kids constantly, guess what? You shouldn't be a fucking teacher. Yeah. Don't yell. Yeah. Uh, All you're doing is inciting a riot, and guess what? There's more of them than there are of you. And when they realize that they have an insane amount of power, especially 30 of them against one, you think those little feral beasts are going to take it easy on you? <laughs> no. They're well, going to break you to your core. How awkward is it when you hear an adult say, I don't want to get yelled at? Like when they're like, oh, I just don't want to get get yelled at. Like it's it's because you had yeah. bad adult examples ingraining that weird shit yeah. in you. So like that was like the yell, first. Yeah. I won't let people yell at me. I won't do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not about it either. So initially like it was, it was seen as like I was like a, a problematic child, but really Standoffish. like well like problems with authority and you you're just always gonna have issues with authority. And it's like wh- what I really think it came down to was objective truths. Mm-hmm. So give me the objective thing that you're trying to convey right now give me rather than this weird Yeah you're just asking for the why. Yeah. So when I exactly when I would do the the why stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. So as an adult, once I started to 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 the point you were making before about like when you got diagnosed with ADHD, you're like, mm-hmm. oh my god, good, this makes yeah. sense. Like I I try to talk about that a lot on on the show too. Is that like it doesn't mean that you're now like disabled. I what, mean you are, but like, but you're you're not. You're not incapable of functioning yeah. as a as a human being anymore. Yeah, just because you're not neurotypical doesn't mean you're any lesser than. Right. Right. So I mean, there are so many worse things that you can have brain wise that than ADHD. Like, sure. And and I mean, it's yeah. to that I always say like, there's, it's the starving kids in Africa thing. Like, because of a a a uh a more severe thing exists doesn't mean that your thing yeah. isn't affecting you the way yeah. that it does in that moment. But when I started to learn 
and I didn't have like um, a chip on my shoulder or like mm-hmm. a, I don't know, a, a negative connotation to the thing. Yeah. And I, I was able to say, oh, this is an objective thing that now it's actually just a, a piece to this puzzle. It, it's helping yeah. me solve these mysteries as to why I act this way towards people and why yeah. I, I do these things. Now, so, my ADHD <laughs> just told me, Apple, hmm. do you know why? No. In the Da Vinci Code, he's got the cipher yeah and it's the newton thing and it's apple a piece of a puzzle to solve the da vinci code is what my adhd brain just did but if i would have said apple (laughs) like i was going to do you'd have been like what the fuck and that's what adhd brain does for me or i would have the word associations are so fucking vivid oh yes yeah 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 that's a i i so i'll i'll say you know what i i say that to kim all the time i go you know what my brain just did and like i'll go like there are a thousand things rifled through and i somehow got here in two seconds yeah there's just the journey and just to explain to someone like that journey like (laughs) was the payoff worth it for apple (laughs) fuck no it wasn't, but it's important for people that may just think that like ADHD is like, oh, the next shiny. Oh, I'm distracted. I'm distracted. No, man. Sometimes with ADHD, you'll be fucking hyper-focused. You will be so dialed into a thing and it doesn't happen often. But if someone comes in and interrupts you, instantly snap to anger. <laughs> You're dead to me. You're a dead person. I found a moment of joy for a fucking second, and I was really vibing in it. I was really <laughs> vibing in it, and I was super fucking excited. But now I don't want to see this thing ever again because now it only associates anger. Thanks, ADHD brain. That's interesting. I'm so fun to be around now. <laughs> it's like shit like that where you're just like, listen, I am a crazy person. Yeah. But I am not a dangerous person. Wow. Yeah. Like, here's the thing my ADHD brain did to me when I realized I need to get out of the job I'm in. Uh, when I was receiving uh, some some services, like early on in my counseling sessions, I went up and visited my dad. And he's just got a 410 by the door, just in case, like, you know, gophers come around and... He wants to introduce him to his new friend. Uh, And my brain was like, I wonder what a shot bullet would taste like. And I was like, well, I can't have those in my house now. (laughs) Because my brain was like, the taste is more important than the fucking danger of eating a gun. (laughs) Like it never, it didn't put two and two together that that's a murder machine if you're trying to taste the thing that it kills, yeah. that it shoots at you, like it well, didn't do and, that. I mean, even before that, like I, that's a, a huge reason why I don't have a gun in my house is if, if I didn't have to get creative with my suicide attempts, then I yeah. wouldn't be here. If I had the, the, what's that fucking, uh, 
infomercial quick seal where the guy slaps the thing <laughs> if i have yeah. the fucking quick seal solution yeah then i yeah i definitely wouldn't be here that stuff actually works pretty well does it really yeah i had to use it on our, our roof for like a year we got a new <laughs> roof now we're not total <laughs> trash but yeah, yeah like the the because the adhd also yeah like we've been saying is like somebody says like throws out an idea and you just go yeah sure and yeah we, and it's you like go and you do it it's like constantly having improv brain yeah but it applies which, to the dangerous shit too yeah, like you're talking which about. isn't fucking fun <laughs> no. right well, we're just like know. hey guys like well, we're gonna do a suggestion from the crowd and your brain's like mayonnaise and you're like fucking what i lost my penis oh wait you is it there there it is uh, it happens sometimes. I just said, is it there? I wasn't looking anywhere. Oh, really? Nope. That's funny. Zero percent. <laughs> I didn't point. I was just like, is it there? <laughs> just calling it out as if that's how things appear. Yeah. So And it worked. So now my brain is like, that's how things appear. So so the um so you have uh major depression anxiety and adhd i don't have major depression i have dysthymia oh dysthymia yeah so i think peter also has that yes that's uh, right yeah so um i i had to tell like i did my work year-end review goals today and one of them is like one of our things is like be real and that like that's <laughs> one of our like our goals is like hey how are you doing with the company values be real and one of them is like it's like be humble and i just wrote in there like i can't Mm. i can't be humble because i have dysthymia anxiety adhd those three together if i humble myself i will believe i am incapable of anything interesting because then my brain will say well okay well you're not that good at this so why do it well you're not this good so maybe don't do that so I can't be humble. And one of my biggest pet peeves is my brother will say, oh, I'll say, yeah, I'm really good at this. And be like, oh, and, and so humble. Or oh, so, uh, well, I can't remember what the other word is. Humble brag? No, it's not a Harris Whittles. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, there's another word that it means humble. Uh, I, I just can't think of what it is. But it drives me fucking nuts to the point where like I'm going to have to have a talk with him where it's just like, listen, Ryan, I love you. But don't you ever fucking say that to me again. It's hard for me to do things and it's hard for me to believe that I'm good at things and it's even harder to maintain that I'm good at things. Like I know I'm intelligent and I know I'm incredibly great at my job, but if I allow myself to not believe for a second that I'm not good at my job or that I'm just okay at it, that's it. I'm only ever going to be meh at my job and then I'm going to start to hate it. And then I'm going to start to dig into that hole again where I'm 13 years in at Best Buy and thinking about eating a bullet just because I wonder what it tastes like after it fires. Like, what's the mix? Like, and now I'm a mixologist, but gunpowder is my avenue. Like, that's where I had gotten to. And it just, it's not, it's not safe. And I just need, I celebrate everything now. Every fucking thing. Every little stupid fucking thing I did. I threw all of the mail that I collected because guess what? ADHD. I'm like, I'll open this 
later and then <laughs> later is six months i had like a stack of mail <laughs> i opened it all and i was like fuck yeah i did it i want to do this every day now so i don't have to do that again no i'm not i'm telling you that's what i want to do my adhd brain will be like i'm busy i gotta go run and do this thing quick well, that thing now is the standard for the next six months until I'm sick of this fucking mail pile. And then just begins that vicious cycle over and over again. And like that, to like kind of loop this back into comedy, is how comedy started to become toxic for me. Because I wouldn't believe I was funny. Because mm. I was only ever on open mics, or like every now and then I'd do a show, and I would give myself the rules of the show like it's fucking comedy yeah there's quote unquote rules but no there's not mm. like just fucking go out there and rip yeah but i would give myself all these rules like i i got i was funny enough to get hired as a host at a, a couple different clubs and i like my brain was like all right the rules are now you've got to wear a button down shirt and comb your hair <laughs> like fucking no you have to be funny and command the crowd yeah that is it. Should you look like you're not going to stab someone at a bus shop? Maybe. I mean, look at Jay Okerson. So you shouldn't look like <laughs> Jay Okerson. <laughs> but that guy, but, th- yeah. like, yeah, to, 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 to your point, yeah. like, to not have to. Just have fun. Like, the whole goal of doing comedy is to have fun. And, like, if you're out there believing that you're not funny you're gonna not be funny Mm. you know and if you're out there saying well these are the rules when i go up there i have to not wear shorts on stage and i have to make sure that i move the mic stand and uh don't just go have fucking fun and if you're focusing on the little minutiae of things call it out Mm. like shane torres uh has uh I don't remember what his diagnosis is, but like he basically fidgets the whole time he's on stage. Mm. But he calls it out and tells people, like, listen, this is my diagnosis. I'm going to look like I'm fidgeting and shit. And that is just what my diagnosis is. I is that like the guy actually, Yeti, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible joke. But he'll just be on stage, like, feeling textures and shit. But he calls it out. And he just goes up and rips. And like, that's what I forgot. And that's what I started to not allow people to remember, mm. right? I I was Robin Williams and Hook, and I had lost my imagination, so I was wow. going to starve. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, had, I have to relearn fucking imagination and just fun. And part of my new job has been that. It's been me seeing how far i can push the line (laughs) and it's pretty far i photoshop my boss into stuff two or three times a week (laughs) Uh, my boss is a great boss he he understands that i'm gonna be a fuck off some days you know but the output he's gonna get from me is pretty high but on those fuck off days man it is gonna be fun it's gonna be a fun day shit's gonna be weird I love it. I'm I'm happier than I've ever been. It's it's uh, interesting the 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 our approach to how to make the day bearable because mm-hmm. for for people like us like that's step one. How do I make the day bearable? 
Yeah. I, w- I always say this uh, before I went to treatment. Um, I didn't admit that I was an alcoholic, but I said, I want to want to change. Because right now I don't. Yeah. N- like I would. I you know could, you need to, but I you could don't live want to. on this adult mental health unit for the rest of my life because that's where I think I deserve to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, yeah, it's it's interesting to see like what your how your day starts versus how my day starts and like yeah. the things that I guess th- there's like I've I've found ways to like like I was saying before about the the making sure you know that like the way the authoritarian the authoritative stuff and mm. like but I'll talk to people too like when when uh people complain about their jobs and they're working with clients or customers or mm-hmm. um, interacting with other human beings. Oh yeah, human um, beings. And they talk about them like it, the, the like somebody will say mop the floor in the same tone that they say go check on room 22. Yeah. Well, Steve's in room 22. So why don't you say go check on go oh, see Steve. if Steve needs anything. Yeah. So like I have this this tick in the back of my mind, which maybe that's a it's another like codependency thing where I'm like, mm-hmm. those are human beings. Like I don't Yeah. So maybe I'm projecting where it's like I don't want I don't I don't I don't want anyone to think of me that way. I, I yeah. want to be perceived as a human and being. I mean, so part of that could be the psychosis that is ADHD because like you're thinking of Steve, but then your brain is trying to relate to Steve. So right. now this thing that they said that pertained to Steve now pertains to you. Mm. You know what I mean? It's projecting, but it's also like, it feels real. It feels so fucking real. And it's like little things like, uh, I'm good. Uh, we've, you taught, you alluded to this earlier. I'm very good with difficult conversations. Um, mm. uh, so a coworker of mine and I today did our, our year end reviews and he's, you know, he's the little guy, younger, younger little fella. He's like 33 or something. I don't know. Um, but he's never had a job where he's had to do a corporate style year end review. Oh, so I walked him through it and he's like, well, I'm, I think I'm a four and I go, all right, well, I'm going to challenge you on that. Let's read out what a four is. This is a four. Do you do this thing? And he goes, well, no. I'm like, all right. And he's like, well, then I'm not a four. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, let's read them all. Like, let's, you know, let's go up to a five. Do you do any of these things? And like one or two. I'm like, all right, great. You got one or two in the five. How many you got in the four? Like five out of seven. And then he's like, oh, I'm a three. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you're four. Because you, you do all the three. And you do a lot of the four and some of the five. You're four. And he's like, on this next one, he's like, I'm a, I'm a four for sure. And I'm like, I, I'm going to challenge you, but I think you're a two. Let's look at what two is. Do you do any of these things? And he's like, I do all of them. I'm like, you do all of them. You're two. I'm like, and that's not a bad thing. That just means you have room for growth. And you have three, four, and five above you to see what those are to grow. 
Like also, you're a tech one, I'm a tech two. If you do all these things in tech one, by the time a tech two spot comes open and you apply for it, you can ask for more money because you're going to come in as a four as opposed to a two. So you just got to realize that like it is worth more to be honest with yourself about where you are. Mm. Own that and make a plan on how to be better. Like, and I told him he was like kind of down and I go, you got until four o'clock to be down and then we're going to change that attitude on being excited for growing. It was 3.59, so I was like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> Four o'clock hit, I'm like, all right, growth mindset, here we go, let's do this. And I spent two hours with him writing his with him. And it, it was a it, constant thing. It's so interesting to hear uh, that like concept with the way that your biology is. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody were to hear your diagnosis, diagnosis, my diagnosis, um, I don't think that they would think. You wouldn't assume that you would be able to get to there, to be able to have that outlook. So it's it's interesting the way that you have these things that would lead somebody to think that you're not capable of looking at yourself in a in a high in a in a high regard uh-huh. and therefore you would lean more towards empathizing with people rather than yeah finding these objective ways to help people get there well, and that's like uh i know for the for a lot of people was your dad like that like where or how did you i i man i am a i am a hodgepodge of <laughs> of different mindsets and experiences and uh there there's no one person that had a specific effect on me um there was uh, uh a lady that i used to do jobs for in grand forks her name was tamara reed i think uh we'll put her instagram up right here uh she's i hope she's still alive <laughs> but like all of me know she's dead because she's like 95 when I was oh, doing okay. jobs where I haven't lived there in 10 years. But uh, she was like, a, she was very spiritual. She was like into like uh, uh, Nirvana, not the band, but like the, oh, the, the mental concept. state. Yeah, yeah. And she loved Nirvana. Don't get me wrong. She let them rip. <laughs> like we, her and I would just go back and forth. Like, can you believe this is Dave Grohl? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she was just, she like taught me a bunch of, of things about like mindfulness and, I would like she was going blind right she had macular mm. degeneration so I would go out there and help her with her little macbook and like ways that she could see and play her uh her mindfulness seminars that she had from basically like what would now be TED talks um, oh okay so I mean then they had TED talks there but like these people are now doing TED talks I right, should right, say. Right, right. Not like TED talks are just invented in the last 10 years <laughs> um and that was like uh just the talks I'd have with her were really you know, eye opening and um, Best Buy did this thing and fuck you, Best Buy. If you want to come at me, do it. I don't fucking care. Fuck you, you're a shit company. Uh, <laughs> they did this thing with their leaders where they they allow leaders to manipulate employees that are uh, maybe questioning on the philosophy of why, 
into manipulating the leaders to or to having them manipulate as if they don't uh, they don't belong or they don't make they're not as good as other employees they don't okay okay i gotcha even though on paper they're better like everything about them is better because they don't drink the kool-aid wait so they're not does best buy neg their employees uh some of them yeah (laughs) yeah for me it was it was awful like i i was at a point where (laughs) if i wanted more counseling the number of incidents that best buy has caused to me i could get eight counseling sessions per incident and that would be enough for the rest of my life with all the incidents that were done to me wow Uh, it was a world where i just couldn't i couldn't believe in myself Mm. because anytime i think i'm getting good at this one of the managers that i had that was shitty along the way would tell me i wasn't and it, it they would tell me you you're not doing well here you're not doing well here this 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 this, and then I would be like, well, why am I getting four out of five, on all these things, and why am I getting like why are you rewarding me for these things when you're also telling me I'm bad, like I don't I don't get it. So it was this constant mind fuck, and it, it finally got to the breaking point where, uh, I took mushrooms with a buddy and the fucking mushrooms saved my life. Mm. They, I know that, like, listen, I'll say drugs are dangerous and, like, they can be awesome, too. Just be fucking responsible. Do them safely. You know, know your your balance. Know know what you need. And I was just at a point where it just didn't fucking matter. Mm. Right? And I had been given some from a friend who had moved and didn't want to take them on a plane. And I had them for like eight months, just sitting there, just too afraid to take them. And my buddy came into town and he was like, let's do some mushrooms. So we did mushrooms. I just did a small amount and it cleared my brain of like this fog that had been there for a long time. Just that constant voice of all the shitty Best Buy managers that I'd had for so long Mm. um, that it was just like, get help now schedule all the help you can get so i went called the phone number to get counseling got the counseling going and it it gave me enough headway to start getting the treatment that i needed to start getting the help i needed and you know i got diagnosed with a bunch of things in there i have ptsd um mostly from best buy Mm. uh, from just the way i was treated um yeah it got bad i mean it it got really bad and I, i just remember like the proudest point for me uh, was when I had a personal development day at Best Buy and my boss was like, well, what are you going to do for work or for your, your personal development day? And I looked at him and I go, well, I am going to update my resume <laughs> and then I'm going to apply for every fucking job I can to get out of here. And he was like, okay and i did and i applied for literally one job and i got it and you know as life often does throw you multiple curveballs i found out uh right before i was about to accept this role that uh, my brother got cancer and best buy i had five weeks of vacation 
with an option to do caretaker vacation if I couldn't, you know, if I couldn't do it. So basically it was seven weeks of vacation that I had just not used at all. So I could go wow. and be with my brother for seven weeks or I could take this new job, which would be more beneficial to my mental health. And I talked with uh, my wife, my well, my then girlfriend, now wife, and I talked with my brother and my parents were like, we're fucking retired. We'll go out and be with him during his <laughs> treatment. We're retired, you dipshit. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so they went out and, and I took the job and, and it uh, it's it's done a lot, you know, and unfortunately the pandemic hit then and the pandemic has been great for me too because it uh i I, i've been able to think back on like situations that like made comedy not fun for me Mm. you know comedy is like a a very much close-knit friends give close-knit friends more opportunities on shows oh for sure and like you can be bitter about that or you can realize that like these are people that they trust. Yeah. And like, if you're not on their trusted list, that's okay. There are other venues that you can start your own and build your own tight knit group of friends. And that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay not to be in the cool kid club. And it's okay that the cool kid club only trusts the cool kids club because guess what? That's who they trust. So well, like, it's a, it's okay. Yeah, well, and comedy like kind of teaches you a uh, a healthy version of self deprecating. Uh, it can. It can. <laughs> it can. Like for yeah. me, it it definitely did. Where like, mm-hmm. uh, I I remember not getting on uh, a pickled loon show, and I'd only been doing open mics for mm-hmm. like like a year, maybe. Yeah. And uh, another comic was had called me and uh, they were complaining about how they hadn't gotten on this show. And they were like, can you believe they, that they didn't put us on this show? And I was like, well, I suck right now. I don't want to go yeah. on. And- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to the go up part. there and suck. Yeah. So like, there's this way of like shitting on yourself, but really what you're saying is another thing. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's this coping mechanism, which yeah. can, it's like, um, it's a rejection thing. Well, you're right. Just, yeah. You're working on, but it's, it's the yeah. same as having dark humor in mm-hmm. a situation where people think that you should be sad and whatever. Yeah. But sometimes these dark humor jokes help you get out of that situation. Yeah. Which, Self-deprecating does the same thing for me Yeah, in these yeah, you know, and, and like situations. the other thing too is like it's okay to be sad. Yeah, but like when you're sad, think about why. Right? Mm. Think about the like, oh, I didn't get this thing. Okay, well, why didn't you get the thing? Well, and if the first thing you think is, well, because they only ever put their friends on the show. Okay, if that sentence is true, why do you want to be on that show? Do you like that person? Is that person your friend? Obviously not, because they only ever put their friends on the show. <laughs> so either 
<laughs> you have to put in the work to be their friends and be a good comic or go do a different thing. And that's okay. It's okay to not go to the Acme comedy clubs in the world. You know, it's not, it's okay to not be the hot comic of, or the top five comics to watch. That's fine. Just because those five were picked by a group of people that it's their style of comedy doesn't mean there's not an entirely different group of people that would rather watch you than those five. Just put in the work. Do the work on you. Do the work on your jokes and just have fun with it. I mean, it's comedy isn't life or death. I mean, I guess for some people it is. Yeah, right. But I mean, it's it's also like, I don't know. I mean, we could do a whole nother podcast on like the uh, turnover rate in comedy and yeah. and that whole thing. But um, we have been going for for a little bit here. Um, you've been doing a, a great job of of giving advice. Sure. I'm I'm curious to. Mm-hmm. Uh, your thoughts on how do you get to the point to where you're able to recognize the kind of kind of that thing you were saying before as to um, I'm sad why am I sad that whole oh, thing like, yeah but where do you like the whole Dunning Kruger effect thing like do you know what the Dunning Kruger effect is I don't. This is the concept that stupid people lack the capacity to recognize that they're stupid. Oh, God, I would love that. (laughs) So it's like um, it's like how a far right person Mm -hmm. can't understand somebody on the far left, even though they have the same views. Right. It's just from a different lens. Yeah. But I mean, they lack the capacity to even try to understand Mm -hmm. the other thing. Because they don't recognize how deep they are in the other thing. Yeah. Well. So, yeah. like, um, does that make sense? Where I'm trying to yeah, go? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, how do I recognize something and then break it down? Basically. Yeah. Or like um, doing detective work on yourself to. Yeah. So you seem to be pretty good at the the deduction thing. Yeah, it, it's. It's just part of like a healthy trauma response, right? Because like a lot of life is trauma. And it, it's how do you respond to it? So like, um, I try to to say, okay, like say you said something to me that made me sad, and you didn't intend for that, right? That's intent versus impact. Mm. So you need to look at it and be like, all right, from my end, I need to realize that your intention wasn't to hurt me, but your impact was that it was. So then I would say something along the lines of like, hey, Chris, I know you didn't do you weren't trying to hurt me but when you said this it made me feel like this wow and just like be open and honest with you right uh-huh um but it's like also uh needing just to take the time like for the longest time with comedy i like i'm i'm still i'm bitter like and, and I'll, I'll admit it like i'm bitter and i i just want to be able to go do showcases and just have fucking fun doing comedy but like i'm bitter i feel like i was put in a place to be a better example of how men should handle comedy and the people that put me in that position then abandoned me and let 
me take the reins of it. And that's on me, right? Because I didn't stop to think, what is the impact of what I'm doing? Wow. And that harkens back to what I said earlier with like, my intent was to make a safe environment. The impact was I was being too toxic. And that's a me issue. Now, the people put me in there because they wanted me to be a better example. But like anything, I didn't have the capacity to do that on a level that I should have. Or on a level where I I thought, you know, sat down and had some thoughtfulness on things, right? So in doing so, I went too far. I just went too far. And that intent to do a good thing could have the impact of doing a bad thing for other people. So that's where, like I said, it all comes down to circle of influence and then intent versus impact. If you understand how to operate both of those, you can really do kind of a lot of healthy things. Well, the last two years of me has been like, I fucked up. You know, I, uh, I asked a comic one time, like, Hey, why, you know, why am I not getting booked on your showcase? Or like, why, why have you told me, Oh, we'll have you on, but you've never had me on. And then, you know, they told me just straight up, well, it's because, uh, you like bring the room down. And that was like, you know, in my intent to make a safe space and be like a person that could be an example of like, Hey, you can still be funny and not punch down. And, you know, you can still be funny and make sure that people feel safe around you. I went too fucking far and was like, you need to cut the shit that you're doing here because people aren't feeling, or, or you're making people feel this way. Well, guess how I was making people feel? <laughs> that same fucking way. Wow. So uh, it was a lot of soul searching, man. And like I, now when I think about comedy, I just feel fucking guilty. I, I feel guilty because I got into a spot in comedy where specifically I wouldn't say I had like a lot of power or any means like that, but I had a lot of influence mm. and I, I don't want to say I abused it, but I, I didn't use it the way it was supposed to be used. Mm. You know, it's the, the Spider-Man great responsibility situation where I'm just like, yeah, I could have stopped uncle Ben, but instead I sent that murderer to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I know that's not how the story goes, but it's way more fun to think of it. That I mean, way. kind of. Yeah. It's like, you're just like, no, Uncle Ben, don't go to your car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're 85. You shouldn't be driving. Like, that's where the responsibility really was. He should never have been driving. Then he right. wouldn't have got carjacked. Right. You know, it's not the wrestler, you know, stopping the mugger. Letting your eighty-five-year-old grandpa. Yeah, little-known um, fact. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Ben, his license was expired. Yeah, he couldn't even walk good. Like, <laughs> and he's going to operate that Cadillac or Buick or whatever it was. No, be responsible. You know, take ownership for your mistakes. And like, yeah, I made a lot. I made a lot of mistakes in comedy. And um, did I run a fun room at one point? Absolutely. But at some point, the the fun disappeared and it became bitterness and Mm. then that 
you know, to that comic's point, yeah, people felt a certain way. And like part of it was, you know, ADHD and anxiety. My brain wanted to make sure that the show was always going great instead of just fucking enjoying the ride, mm. you know, being loose. You know, it's comedy. Just fucking be loose with it. It's too tight, you know? So yeah. um, if when I do do comedy again, uh, you know, that'll always be in the back of my mind. Like, what's my intent? What's my impact? You know, do I need to say these things or can I just quietly make like sh- how could i quietly just sit there and like if i observe something that's fucked up be like hey man maybe chill you know or just look at it and go okay what's the intent of this person's comments what's the impact you know are they hurting anyone is this imminent danger situation and break it down to what needs what needs to be done versus what can be done and realize that you know i don't need to be the PC police or whatever <laughs> fucking bullshit I've been yeah, yeah. called before. Um, I can still be a good person, but if I'm going to do comedy again, I'm going to do it for me. I, I, ha- I haven't heard it phrased that way before. Like I've kind of heard um, people usually just say, what was your intention behind mm-hmm. that? And then, oh, this, it made me yeah. feel this way. But when you break it down in that intent uh, versus impact, like, well, that's it's such an easier way of well, it is and digesting it, dude. Life is weird. Life is weird. And one thing I try to tell people is, titles don't fucking matter. Like when when I do jobs, you know, when I do my help desk role, and I have to interact with our senior leaders, I don't care what their job is, because if they got fired tomorrow their social status would be lower than mine. I say that all the time. So why does it fucking matter? Why should I be intimidated by this person that has stuff that I don't have? What's they that? very uh, easily not have anything tomorrow. Uh, God, I'm trying to think. Think harder. There's a, there's a saying that more or less says, when we leave here, we all have to wait in line at McDonald's. Yeah. To the effect, like you know what I mean? Like, sure. None of us are above that. Yeah. Or we all have, yeah. Everybody's got to wait in line. Yeah. But yeah, intent versus impact. And we all have to wait in line at the DMV. Yep. <laughs> Circles of influence. If you're, yeah. Are you familiar with those? I think so. Yeah, it's basically it's two circles, right? Oh, then no. So, so there's like, uh, think of like a big circle and a small circle. Mm. The small circle's in the middle of the big circle. And you're in the middle of the small circle. Okay. The thing that's in the circle are things that you can directly control. Oh. And the things that's in the bigger circle around your circle are the things that affect you, but you can't control. Mm. So the goal of the circle is of influence is to make your small circle as big as possible. All right. We've been doing this a while now. I don't even know where I live anymore. So I want to say that I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate you having me. I'm 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 glad that you're willing to be so open and uh I I certainly learned some new things and and I hope folks at home learned some new things and uh yeah thank you again and yeah. to, to the listeners be well to yourselves. Yeah, just be your own best fan. No, shut up cuz that's it's over. Oh, now. that's the that's the outro. That's my send off. 
I say it every episode. Can I quietly say it and be like, I'm angry. And be a little to yourself.